the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's my neighborhood. It's a beautiful day in my neighborhood. Mr. Rogers. I was never a Mr. Rogers guy. I was never a Sesame Street guy. Sesame Street bummed me out. I wouldn't want to own an apartment on Sesame Street. Well, maybe that is in New York, isn't it? We're going to eat cookie. But the homeless problem? Guy living in a garbage can? Who also... They have vampires in the neighborhood? Three. Kid has HIV? Five. Then there's there's a now a a genderless Muppet? I would not want to live in that neighborhood. It's Gary. Oh, my, my, my. There's a big bird who clearly got in some sort of nuclear radiation thing, right? Mr. Snuffleupagus. What the hell is a Snuffleupagus? But real estate on Sesame Street is probably doing well. I was an electric company kid. That was the TV, public TV show that was... It didn't have the budget of Sesame Street. It didn't have the writers of Sesame Street. It just... I don't know. It was like a second city TV. We're gonna turn it on. They had a cool Spider-Man suit. So anyway, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoneSource.com. Morning. Desirable neighborhoods like Sesame Street, huh? Sure. Great for kids or families with kids. We got some pretty interesting stuff in front of us. You're my real estate guy. You just helped me get a loan. You helped me get a second home. Um, bit of a, this was actually the easiest one I've done in a while mm-hmm. because I'm getting older. <laughs> I think as I have more assets, people are a little go, more go with the flow. But you'd think it, you'd think it would have gotten harder as you get more assets, more liabilities, more just paperwork. Um, but lenders are figuring it out. They're doing um, quite a good job at making it easier for people that have good credit and good income to get loans. So it's kind of scary in that way. You kind of keep me in touch with what people are doing on loans and mortgages in the Bay area. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough to stay in touch. So it's, I have you who does, you know, 25, 30 loans a year. Easy. Um, with that being said, it gives me perspective, but like, I don't have perspective on Sesame street and how the real estate's doing there or Louisiana or Mississippi in my cook letter, cook letter, ah, hunchback letter, hunchback letter. Um, I, I have no clue. I know that they hate us. I could show you the maps of the United States. Esri does a map of the United States. It's a big mapping company. And they, their, their coolest new map shows you where the wealthiest counties are in the United States. Yeah. And where the non-wealthy. I think I've seen that. Yeah. Let's just put it this way. Those states that you fly over. Some big, big holes there. There's some there. big black holes of no money. Yeah. <laughs> West Virginia is going to allow hunting of people soon to try to recruit some millennials to live there like the Hunger Games. Um, that's not true. So one of the, the 
I love California, and I've been in California 20-plus years now, and I grew up in the United States and overseas, and uh, there's a lot to like about our state if you take advantage of it. But California becomes the first state to order solar on new homes. I like that story. Um, and again, it comes down to, do you remember 20 years ago, you're on the East Coast, I'm on the East Coast, and we're talking about going to the West Coast, and they're like, they don't have paste plastic bags there. And on the East Coast, it's like, they got earthquakes and no plastic bags. And you're like, really? And it seems the, like such a foreign country out here. It seems like such a foreign yeah. country. And then you're here, you're like, we don't need plastic bags. Yeah. Good, glad that we don't have them. You know, we got families and like, we don't want, you know, uh, plastic bags just going to end up in the ocean. So Now solar panels. A lot of people were putting some money into that. Uh, I Several clients I've had that got into the business of solar solar power. And I'm sure they're pretty happy to hear that California's embracing it this way. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because um, mandatory new homes, first state to order solar on everything. I'm not sure that is the right solution where you say every single home. Because like, how about this? How about this? How about this? What if you don't want the solar panels? Like you hate the sun? For some reason, the sun did you wrong growing up. You're a moon fan. You're a witch. You're a vampire. You just think it's ugly. Right. Um, I like the idea of neighborhoods having solar. So I, I like for, I, I don't know, but I'd rather have it on the house than have this big field of shiny pieces of glass. But see, we're different. Depends on where you live. Depends on how much beauty you want to have on the house versus how much beauty you want to have uh, in the neighborhood. Because you could do it much more industrial if you do a, a whole neighborhood versus a, a single house. Well, I, I, I do believe that Californians in general do want to embrace a greener state. Um, I mean, we just went through a drought and we're like, what if that dam goes away? What if that, our power just gets more expensive? And this is a way to help kind of keep that going, keep that uh, mentality and that philosophy going. I have no problems with it at all. In fact, I, I'm surprised more people don't have solar. It, it is, I think it is a fantastic addition to a house in addition to your budget. You talk about budgets all the time. I think if you, pl- if you do it the right way and you can talk, easily talk to somebody, there's plenty of people to answer the phone and help you and you get the right, you either buy the equipment or you lease it and, and all of a sudden your bill's lower. It, it, it makes sense whether or not you want it and you have to maintain it and all that stuff. It's, it's, you can set it up the right way. I like it. Sure. Ed Bagley Jr. Was his name Ed Bagley Jr.? The guy who was, uh, he's the Californian. He's, he's big into solar. Uh, real big into solar. I know who he is. I just, he was on St. Elsewhere. Okay. He was the nerdy doctor with glasses that never got the girl. Um, but then again, he lived for most of the series and never had AIDS or anything like that because we, uh, do our storytelling through TV shows. Um, but, yeah, the, the move of California underscoring how rooftop solar wants a luxury reserve for wealthy, green-leaning homeowners is becoming a mainstream energy source with California, the nation's largest solar market. So, again, I, home builders hate this because they want to be able to charge you whatever they can charge you. So home builder stocks got hit on this news last week, and solar stocks got did quite well. So, yeah. How about like areas like Tahoe where or Santa Rosa? The whole, not the whole city, but a large 5,000 houses burned down. That's 5,000 solar installations going in if they go with this new idea. Like These are big numbers. Well, it's not just that. There's a, a lot of new technologies. I'm sure every, most of the people that are going to rebuild are these, con, these contractors saying, well, why don't we add this? Why don't we add that? I have a client right now who is trying to do a renovation on his house in um, Novato, and he can't, he, he, he's 
they're getting top dollar. He's he was blown away with the quote that he got on his on his renovation because all of the contractors are are concentrating on these on rebuilding these homes, uh, and there's in such high demand. It's, they're going to put in so much stuff, Rob. I, I love the. Um, there's a, a a silver lining, I suppose, to all of these new homes going up, and they're going to be pretty sophisticated. And I think that you know California saying we're going to put solar on new homes is just the leading. You know, we're the leading state in this in this factor. So it used to be a situation where people would come to you and get a home equity line of credit and put in solar. Mm-hmm. People would use their own equity to like try to improve the house and. The, the numbers are starting to get there for sure for many, many people. It's going to be interesting to see, like I said, how it plays out in California and the regulations. And uh, contractors are obviously going to make a killing installing the new stuff. Elon Musk and his lithium battery world obviously mm-hmm. going to do very, very well. And his power walls as yep. people start going, you know, not just panels, but maybe I can get a power bank and store the electricity on site instead of selling it back to the PG&E just in case there is that historic flood or what have you. Anyway, Tony just did a loan for me. You can contact him at com. He does all sorts of loans, but he can help you with a 15, a 5, an arm. He can help figure out your situation for you. Contact him at com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Go listen to the midget and the guy who laughs at her jokes. Whoa. And the bossy producer that comes on air and goes, oh, I'm the bossy producer who comes on air. Fine, get to retirement, have no money, live in a cardboard box. Good for you. Make your decision. Do that now because she's so funny. She's just like me, except for she smokes and she's three foot, seven foot tall. She goes by the name Sarah. (laughs) He was one of my favorite bad guy cartoons. Wasn't it great that the cartoons had to have good guys and bad guys? And then that kind of ruined my childhood because I started pulling for the bad guy, the Trix Rabbit. Those kids were just mean. They were bullies. They were serial bullies. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Good morning. How are you? Well, well, it's a little rainy. So our first real estate concept was that it's funny how things kind of play out. Um, when square footage becomes too expensive, people say, well, I'd like a bigger house for a vacation or I'd like a bigger house for holiday get-togethers. And I remember back in 99, people were buying homes in Tracy. Um, 2000, you know. Dot com boom, because they couldn't afford where, you know, their jobs were. So they went further and further away and then they drove into the jobs. What's interesting about that, I was like, you're mine and Tracy, isn't that like the porn capital of, of California? <laughs> it's, like, it's not. It's not. Um, I'm going to run for mayor of Tracy one day. So I got to strike that from the record. But I was like, why would you mind Tracy? So sometimes you could also not only could you do it right by watching how things are, are, are going trending wise, but you could also do it wrong. So you can get in that area that you think is going to be the next hot thing, or that's that's going to be the area that's going to get the metro built next to it, or that's going to be the area that's going to get the next Facebook campus, and then Facebook shuts yeah. down and goes out of business. Well, there's there's a couple things that are playing into the, the mentality of uh, somebody looking for more room. Um, in a healthy market, you simply sell your property and move to a bigger property, and there's usually a neighborhood that's right around the corner. Um, 
unfortunately, those types, and you've experienced this, Rob, where single-family homes, in your neighborhood, for example, they're not building any more single-family homes. They're just building condos or townhouses, uh, smaller units. And the the prospect of moving from a smaller single-family house to a bigger single-family house, one, might take you much farther away out of the school district and cost you an arm and a leg more than what you have now. So a lot of people feel locked into their properties. That's one thing that we're seeing. That's why we're seeing a a boom in construction around the Bay Area. We're seeing a lot of teardowns or or building ups, a lot of renovations, because people are just simply saying, we're we're just going to stay here. We have some equity. We can, uh, equity lines are are booming. Um, Cash out refinances is starting to pick up because people are saying, we just can't move. We're not going to move to Tracy. We're not going to BART into work. Uh, We're happy where we are. We just need a bigger house. Uh, We're building up. Um, they're, they're locked in. Some people can't afford, I, I have clients that have bought in the peninsula and they can't even afford to, to step up to a bigger house in the peninsula, even using the equity from the, the sale of the sale of their property. Um, and, and they just, they just, they come to the fact that they're just going to have to build onto their house, save a little bit more money. I hear you. And that's a big trend right now. If I was getting into real estate today, I'd probably go right into home renovation. In a heartbeat. It, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be building fences to stating decks, painting, total renovations. They had to do a lot of grunt work to do that, though. Yeah, you, you know, you, you hire people for that. Okay. It's a sad. You know, you do some marketing. You do you you work out the system and do put out some flyers, get a couple clients, do a good job. That person tells two other people. Those two people tell four people, and you're done. You know, it starts spreading. That's what I would do. Right. Now, what do you think about the idea of mid-sized cities? Would you rather own three properties in a mid-sized city or one property in a big city? Mm. At this, just a random theoretical. And again, you're, I, so I'd have, you're, to, so I'd have to run the numbers. You know, sure. Over the last seven or eight years, we saw rental properties here uh, go from profitable at 20% down. Then it went to 25% down, 30%, 40%. Uh, and now you're looking at a 40 50% into a property just for it to cash flow, uh, where you could easily take that money into a you know an emerging market. And um, I'm just going to throw some names out there like Grass Valley or Reno or even places like Boise, um, and buy two or three properties with that same amount of money, or buy it free and clear. And then you, you, it's all about the rate of return on the investment. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have to look at why you're buying the property. Are you are you looking to speculate on appreciation? Um, I think as an investor like that, you have to get lucky. You have to feel a little bit lucky, uh, number one, but um, you can't get both. If you can get both, that's great. And a lot of people in the Bay Area did over the last several years. But I don't. Th- I think that's kind of played its course. Um, I think people are reaching out of the Bay Area to f- find uh, profitable rate of returns on investment. It's crazy because people look at other people and they get kind of jealous or envious. I was talking with your um, dad recently, um, someone I've known for a long time. And he's like, hey, give me an update. Give me a, catch me up. And I remember saying something along the lines of, bought my house that I'm currently living in at X. It's now worth 2X plus 10%. And he didn't clutch his heart or anything like that. <laughs> Almost did. Don't want to kill the man. But it was a, it was a cardiac event. I mean, his, his heart fluttered. Most of the United States does not experience what we experienced here over the last eight years. What you can get in eight years, some people don't get in a whole lifetime. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think of a, like a Bette Midler song or Celine Dion, Once in a Lifetime. I don't know. Um, but and yet, they see me do it, and they want to do it. 
I got an email from a guy this week. It's kind of contagious, isn't it? It is kind of contagious. So kind of like my last girlfriend. Dun, dun, dun. So um, I had to reinvent um, venereal diseases because I'm a very masculine man. So I don't have herpes. I have himpes. I, I'm, not gonna, no! I'm not going to talk negatively about women and make a disease a feminine noun or pronoun. I'm not going to do that like the French would do it. I'm not French. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, she was contagious. I'm French! Um, anyway, that's off top. What were we talking about? I don't know. I was thinking about the first time I heard the word herpes. Oh. From uh, when it was a Cheech and Chong movie. When he, he thought the guy was saying hairpiece, but he was really saying herpes. Herpes. It's a funny word. <laughs> I can top your herpes joke with my herpes joke. My last girlfriend was so dirty, even her crabs had herpes. <laughs> Say what? Game over. Game over. Let's move on to real estate. Oh, uh, you know, anytime I see advertisements on Facebook or Yahoo or anything on the web that says, forget your 401k, do this with a home. That just makes my skin crawl. Like, uh, I know you see it, though, because I got I an do. email, which I want to talk about when we come back from a guy who his email to me was this. Which, where should I buy? Fremont or San Bruno? I think I got the same email. And I'm like, how old is this guy? How much money does he have? Was it a home equity? Does he have a wife? Does he have, does he have a job? That's a pretty random email. You got the same email. And the guy has a show here on the weekends or something like that, right? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening. I'm surprised at how many people have children. (laughs) No, I'm surprised at how many people have never talked to your children about money and investing. We live in a cashless society. I remember as a kid, wasn't it? cash like awesome and again i don't want to geek out on you or anything but didn't the one dollar and the five dollar bill didn't you spend some time staring at them i remember there was one time in college where i might have had my wisdom teeth taken out so i might have been medicated i remember staring at a quarter and going that george washington's a good looking guy oh my god no! is that tom jefferson i can't tell them apart they look just the same to me i like i i jefferson's a good looking guy too so money has a certain appeal, right? And we've taken that away from our children. So I still think you need to have that money talk. I'm not talking about the <laughs> talk. I'm talking about the money talk. And as your kids become older, have more money talks. Figure out what works for you. I can give you some ideas. But you can start talking to kids as early as two or three about money. You can use simple concepts like everything costs money. Food costs money. A lot of restaurants, oddly enough, don't put the price on the menu so that like you're more inclined to like not see it, or they'll put the, the price of the $15 burger hidden until, like, not hidden, but tough to find, tough to access. But you can start talking to kids about two or three about food costs money and clothing costs money. Um, offer them new toys at a, a few at a time rather than giving them an abundance of new toys. 
kids don't appreciate it. I remember uh, I bought a, a home, a second home. And the kid goes in and he, he sees a, a box and he slides down the, the stairs on a box. I'm like, well, I guess I don't have to buy a sled, right? So don't overwhelm your kids in preschool, but start, you know, hey, your birthday. Like, I remember someone who had their three-year-old gets to invite three friends to their birthday party. The four-year-old gets to invite four friends to their birthday party. Don't, don't go abundance with them and have 40 friends. You're doing it for you, not for them. So in the elementary school years, give allowances. You gotta. I, I still think you gotta run down to the bank and get, you know, cash money, cold cash money, and you gotta line it up and say on Fridays I'm gonna, you know, pay you five dollars, but you're going to water the yard or pet the doggy or uh, you're gonna do something to earn that. So later on, when you want something like this summer, you may want a mountain bike, and let's face it, dads, moms. Mountain bikes would be like three hundred, four hundred dollars, and they're only going to be able to save like sixty. But you could say that's good. You did a good job. But around age six or seven, you start getting a little bit more savvy with them. You know, if you're at a toy store, try to give them a price range. I know in ten years from now, people are going to say what's a toy store, but I kind of think Target's going to become Toys R Us. I don't know. Seems like there's an opening there for replacement, right? But that's one thing you could do is like say you know. You can buy a video game, but it has to be used because that's $30 cheaper. So start giving them concepts if you can. And again, I don't want to be your daddy and your mommy's or your baby's daddy. I don't want to be the baby's financial educator daddy. That's not me. At age 12 or 13, you want to make sure that your family's money is the results of your hard work. And you want to start showing your kid what hard work does. Dad's going to work. Mom's going to work. So you're now starting to say... Like, you're going to need a career at one point, but you're not telling them that you need a career at one point. So the, the money is kind of a result of hard work. And, like, if you give your kid 10 different summer camps, let's say there's 10 weeks in summer. If you give them 10 different summer camps, let them be bored for a little bit because you're spoiling them. You're giving them too much. So smartphones have some great apps on them and some really good kid-friendly apps. Um, I like the saving app Acorns. Uh, I think that's a great way to do it. But again, kid, kid, kid friendly. Let me think about that one. One that doesn't have a bank account tied towards it, right? In high school years, I was so proud. In the recent prom season, I know you're saying you're going to tell a prom story. No, yes, maybe. Whoa. So in the recent prom season, i.e., not mine. I was watching the news because I work at a news station. And when you watch the, when you're at the news station, you watch a lot of news because it's like right there, right? So these two teens in San Jose came up with an app where you can rent prom dresses. I don't know if they came up with the app, but they were using it. And I was just like, I think they came up with the app, but I don't know how it works. Like, I'm not going to pretend to tell you I downloaded the app and tried it because I don't need a prom dress in any way, shape, or form. But I was proud of that because I remember my generation. And then slowly after that, that My Sweet 16 on MTV, it just got obnoxious. And the Kardashians are obnoxious. Let's throw a birthday party for me at AT&T Park for me. That's obnoxious. Feed a village. If you care about the world, feed a village. Don't have a birthday party for me. But in high school, I remember um, I threw down, I want to say a good $1,000 on prom <laughs> from Tux. 
I want to say I got some jewelry, dinner, I don't know. But that's too much. And it, it gets ridiculous when you have MTV, you know, throwing a a party where ACDC plays for your you and your 20 friends. And ACDC just got paid, you know, $5 million because daddy's a real estate developer. I'm not better that my dad's not a real estate developer and that my dad's dead, but okay, I'm a little bit better. So I'm a big fan of um, getting your kids a safe car, but a used car, um, and then having them pay for the insurance or something like that around this age. Have them pay for something. Have them clean it every, every month if you do the payments on it or whatever. Just have them do something. Every now and then, because I, I work in TV, and one of the shows that I work, one of the shows on the station that I work for is Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil McGall. Um that is he not had, appropriate behavior, okay? Dr. Phil had um, a guest on who the mommy likes. Mommy likes to spoil her teenage daughter. And uh, everyone's like appalled and aghast. College years is, is a really good time to, to talk money with your kids. And maybe some birds and bees. You probably should have, I, I probably should have thrown the birds and bees back in the high school years when you're you know buying a car for them and you're doing the payments, but they do the insurance or something. Maybe slip a birds and bees in there. Or let's see, maybe you go back to five. No, that's too early. Elementary school, too early. We want the kids to be kids still. But college, like, you start looking at their debt and helping them. Um, I'm shocked. And I, I haven't been on a college campus in probably a couple of years. Or I haven't noticed. Do you remember the mailroom in college? They had, like, ads for Visa cards and MasterCards and ads for fast cash sell your books for and like it's not exactly the best place to be doing financial transactions a, a men's dormitory on a college campus because there's not a lot of rational thinking going on at that age there's some but not a lot there's some so if you have a kid in college help them i think a secure credit card is the best thing in the world where basically you call capital one and you say i'm jim's dad and i'm going to give i'm going to start a credit card for jim and i'm going to put $1000 into it so jim gets to practice you know using it and paying it off and if he doesn't pay it off it comes out of the the security of the the cash guarantee of it being secured right it's a great thing to do and I think as you, as your kids turn twenty twenty five, you know start letting go of the financial education unless you have something to show them mom's you know, grandma's uh, hospital bills start having conversations about, oh, yeah, your aunt, you remember her? She died. And like um, my sister took the wedding ring off her fingers. And now we don't talk to uh, the, that side of the family anymore. So there you quickly learn like an estate plan or a trust. Like there's financial lessons to be learned in our families uh, from the beginning all and, and taught all the way to the end. Uh, I could tell you, you know, weird little things like, um, as you get older, you know, stay in communication with other people. Um, because once you stop being social, it, it completely goes away. Now, is that a life lesson? Yeah, it kind of is. My father passed away over 20 years ago. And what's interesting to note about that is my mom kind of stopped living 20 years ago. She stopped talking to people because he was the person she talked to. So as you get older, you know, discuss things with your kids like, oh, here's the power of attorney. In case we, in case I die, I want you to, you know, as my son, to pay attention and, and help, you know, my wife through an old folks home. Here's the power of attorney in case she loses her mind and can't make decisions for herself. Here's the medical directive. Here's where the trust is. 
here, you can contact Rob Black. He's got all that information. Or here is the key. Them. I don't get safe deposit boxes. What kind of world do we live in that we have to have safe deposit boxes? Anyway, it's why oh, you can't just rent a box. I don't know. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I want to send a big shout out to my mother. 50 years ago today, she kicked me out of the house? No, her womb. Sweet. Eight plus, eight plus pounds. Give a woman credit. Give a woman credit. She kicked out six kids. Um, so w- when you turn 50, you start thinking, what's my financial priority checklist? And I, I got to do a great birthday dinner and spent way too much money with friends and loved ones last night. And uh, you got you kind of see a reflection on your life when people stand up and tell you, you know, the first time they met you. Apparently, A, I'm famous for being on radio and TV. B, I'm pretty high strung when it comes to managing kids' soccer. And C, um, refer to A and B. <laughs> I don't have any friends other than financial people and uh, soccer dads. Yeah, we don't need to do that. We don't need, yeah, yeah. We don't need any of that. So, I'm a Generation Xer. Generation Xers are the ones who are poised to turn 50 right now. And we're not lagging behind in the retirement prep like so many other Americans. We're pretty um, smart and savvy. We saw, you know, a couple booms and busts in the economy. Whereas millennials have seen more busts than booms. But now they're involved at the tail end of one of the biggest booms ever. So you kind of get perspective as you age. Right now, we're seeing about 45% of generation Xers, even though they know about investing for retirement, even though they know about you only have 10 more years of working, essentially, 45% don't even want to think about it. Now, in 2010, that was 35%. So as we're getting older, we're saying, uh, we don't even want to think about it. The midpoint of your life, 50 it used to seem old, not anymore. 50 is the new 30. I don't believe that. I see people dying on a regular basis at age 50. Halfway to the century mark? Maybe. If I make it uh, the 70s and 80s years, I'll be thrilled. There's a 50% chance of living beyond 80. For me, statistically. As I turn 50, I start thinking, you know, downward slope? Physically? Maybe a little bit. You know, I have a doctor's appointment, and they're going to freeze off a couple skin things. I know you're saying, ew. If anyone wants them, I will send, I'll sell them on eBay. I know you're saying, why would I want that? Um, because it's got my, my uh, financial genius genetic DNA on it, right? Um, so I'm starting to plan my second act. What's my second act going to be? I worked really, really hard since I've been 15 years old, 14 years old. And uh, I wanted to get successful. I wanted to have enough to buy a house. I wanted enough to have, you know, be able to settle down. Be able to, you know, not work till the day I died. So I, I got there. Do I want to be a working retiree? No. Um, so somewhere in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, I'm done. So what I have accumulated needs to last me maybe a little bit longer. Because my dad lived 58, and I used to think that most people would die right around 65, 70. Those who lingered longer doesn't look like fun. So in your 30s, you want 
in your early 30s, you want one to two times your salary. Um, but by the time you hang it up, you want 10 times your salary. Now, some financial planners will say eight times. I'll say 10 to 20. You know why? Because I don't want you looking back. As the great Oasis song, don't look back in anger. I don't want you being 60, 65, 70 thinking, oh my gosh, uh, I'm eating these beanie weenies. I'm eating these, this horrible food, Spam. Which, for the record, Spam is horrible, horrible, horrible food. There's a lot of conventional wisdom that says when you turn 50, you should start dialing back on your stocks and ramping up on your bonds. Not for me. Um, I have enough to live till the day I die. I have enough to provide for my family and loved ones easily. But I want the 10-year treasury at 35 4 4.5% before I start saying I want some safe money in bonds. Somewhere between 35 and 4 for sure. Now, you're starting to see the stock market get a little bit, how shall we say, antsy as the 10-year treasury starts moving closer to my 3.5% number. People like me may say, you know what? I don't need the volatility of Facebook or Apple or Google. I don't need you know, Goldman Sachs or Bank of America. A lot of those stocks I own. I sold a broker advisor for taking action. Um, so for me, there's still more room for my 401k to grow. That's why I'm sticking more with stocks. But as you're seeing that 10-year treasury move higher, you're starting to see some people say, I'm going to cash out on my big gains in the stock market and sock some stuff away and a bond that'll earn interest every year. And some people are comfortable with that. Um, gender matters a lot when you turn 50. Women save less for retirement than men do, nearly 40% less. Women typically earn less too, which means when it comes time to tap Social Security, it's probably going to be less than the man's, unless you know there's a marriage there where you can take your husband's Social Security versus yours. Statistically, women live about three years longer than men. But that doesn't paint the whole picture. The number of women 65 and older is nearly 30% higher than the number of men. So you got to like make life easier. You got to you know max out your 401k still. You need to start getting a durable power of attorney put together. You need to draft a will or a trust. If you live in California and have a home, I suggest a trust. You need to start thinking like, can I pay off my mortgage or not? And just be honest with yourself. I think 50 is that honest time, in my opinion. So it's also your peak at earnings time, and it's also the time typically when your kids are going to college unless you're a late starter. And guess what? You're eligible for AARP, a 10% discount on AT&T. Woohoo! Not from me. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.